Do you wish that you could spend less time editing? Yes, I do too. And if you said no, you're lying. To make your editing life easier, let's talk about our podcast sponsor today, Filter Pixel. Filter Pixel is an AI culling application that helps you organize your photos post-shoot. It's literally so fast and it'll automatically select your best photos based on focus and eye quality. I've been using Filter Pixel and not only does it load my RAWs so fast, it also sorts my photos within minutes. Yes, minutes. Filter Pixel sorts my photos into different categories so I can know which photos have issues and which don't. And it even creates tags based on the pose and the type of photo. So it will do a tag like perfect focus, dancing, and even hugs. Once you start using Filter Pixel, you're going to have so many less culling hours that you're going to have more happy hours. Go to filterpixel.com and use the code OSHOOT for 10% off. That's filterpixel.com for 10% off. It'll also be linked in the description. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity. The wisdom rushing in. So much clearer now. Getting a little bit higher. With every step I take, I'm getting good. Getting a little bit better. I'm climbing to the top. Never gonna stop. I'm getting good. Oh. everybody welcome back to yet another episode of oh shoot and today we have a special guest which we always love a good guest episode so today i'm chatting with alora rochelle um she is a photographer based in michigan she also does education and coaching and she has a podcast too so she does a lot of things and i'm very excited excited to have her on today's episode so alora say hi introduce yourself kind of tell everyone who you are and what you do yeah so i am a wedding photographer yes based in michigan um i specialize in more of like the detroit area but i really love like i'm always down for like a private estate you know good old tented intimate michigan wedding but um Mm -hmm. okay how did i get started man (laughs) the story is like goes back so far because i feel like i've been in the industry for so long i feel like a grandma so back in 2014 um i got married after After I got married, I kind of really dove into full-time of wedding photography. So a year or two before that, I was dabbling with it, but I didn't go full-time. And so um, I I had a mentor and they were like teaching me things. And I second shot like 40 weddings with them and was like, huh, this could be like a thing. Well, turns out we're in the same like Facebook group or whatever. And she blasted me, said I was like a fake photographer. I was this awful person. No one should ever hire me. I steal from Pinterest, like the whole kit and caboodle, right? Um, you're just like, wow, Laura, throw a bomb on me. I did. (laughs) So at the good old age of like 22, I was like devastated. And I said, well, it sounds like the entrepreneur world is like way too cutthroat for me. I'm just going to go back to retail, (laughs) which is not cutthroat (laughs) at all. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. So, um, I was like messing around with that or whatever, you know, diving into fashion and all those great things. And when we got married, my husband's like, hey, so like, you need to make some money, like retail's cute and all but like, we got to do something. And I was like, 
should you dive into that wound, Alora? And I was like, well, you don't know how to do nothing else. So you might as well. So I was like, all right, I'm full time. Like today, the day after my wedding, I'm full time. So I dove in, I taught myself marketing, I understood. And actually, I think marketing actually came natural to me, but I knew how to apply that towards business and like take that to the next level. So after that of two years of constantly putting stuff out there, showcasing my brand, like who I was, and that little bit of personal brand, like posting a picture of yourself and being like, what street tacos should I eat today? That's the kind of Instagram I came from. And (laughs) after that, um, I was picked up by the Metro Times as like the top photographer to follow or whatever on Instagram and ended up booking like 17 weddings that month, three days after I gave birth to my daughter. So I'm at home. Excuse me? It's really funny because my husband, I say this, I used to say it all the time. And he like now qu- quotes me on it. He's like, well, you were like fresh in stitches because I was, I was fresh in third degree stitches. And I'm like, someone was like, did you see this article about you? And I was the first photographer featured. And I was like crying because hormonal and I have a baby. And I was like, oh my God, I went sort of viral or something. And <laughs> the calls didn't stop. People were like, oh my gosh, do you have availability to book us? We really want you as like our photographer. We're getting married in Detroit. And I was like, what the heck did I just do? I mean, it's definitely like a slow growth, fast growth kind of things. I feel like marketing is like a lot of putting out there and hoping yeah. it takes. Um, well, at least back then it was, that was before video marketing and Instagram stories were even a thing. Like that's how long ago this was, yeah. Yeah. but, um, yeah. So that started my full-time journey, um, okay. shooting a ton of weddings, trying to figure out, I was traveling out of state here and there. I was getting off a plane. My daughter was like three to six months. It was insane. Um, and then I burnt out many times. My health, my mental health was in like the craziest place. I felt like I had, so many images to edit. I had so many inquiries still coming in and I just didn't know what to do. Um, and so that is when, I think that's when I actually started my podcast. Um, I mean, I was kind of messing around with it, but like it was the difference between like hustling and like the mentality of just hustling is actually kind of toxic. Eventually you're going to have to find the flow in the ebb and flow. So right. that is, um, <laughs> that's my full-time story. <laughs> okay. That is crazy. And I I didn't know that about you with the whole getting the whole magazine feature thing. So kind of like explain to me, how did that come about? Like, did you reach out to them or did they just find you? Like that's yeah, no, they found me. Um, and I had no idea that if you set your business up into a, a place to be sort of like, I don't want to say leadership, but like a set, like of an authority business brand. I think people thought I was much, much cooler than I really was. I a huge imposter syndrome. I was like, who am I? Like I've only been full time for like two years and you know, but I, mm-hmm. I think they saw my content. They saw the way that I was structuring my Instagram and they took notice to like the fact that I was really working hard and they were like, this person deserves to be featured. And I was like, the Metro times is kind of a big deal. <laughs> like yeah. what is <laughs> happening? You know? For real. That's amazing. So with the topic of getting featured, that's actually something that I want to talk about later on. But first I wanted to ask you like when it comes to shooting, okay. So kind of jumping gears a little bit, what do you shoot on and like, what are your go-to lenses and camera bodies and like what, what's your setup look like? Yeah. So I was a Nikon girl, die hard. 
Um, I started off with Canon and their autofocus was like trash. But then again, it could have been me because I didn't know how to use manual back then. So okay. I'm sorry to all the Canon users already on my throat. And so I was like, <laughs> hmm, I want sharp images and I want a really good, strong ISO. So I'm going to get Nikon. So I was a Nikon mm-hmm. girl until this year. And I made the full switch to Sony. Oh, I did not know this about you. Okay. Well, <laughs> yes. girly. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was the best decision I've ever made. And I feel like Sony people are like a cult. Okay. It's like, once you're in, they're like, yeah, you're yeah. not going to regret this. Like you've got us <laughs> to help you. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in, I'm in the society of like all the super pros and what did the guy camera mall say? The Sony bros. He's like, you're in. I'm like, oh my God. I'm so honored to be here. So that's um, so intimidating though. Like (laughs) why are Sony people like that? Like, I think I'm like that too, but why am I like that? You know, like, I don't know. It's so crazy. I mean, I I don't know. Also like welcome. You know what I mean? Thanks. Thank you. That's what they all say. They're like, welcome. You're one of us now. That's what they always say. I'm like, I am. I feel like I'm in college again. And I'm like, in one of those, I don't know. Yeah. Delta Phi Beta Kappa things. <laughs> but, a sorority? <laughs> yeah, that's right. A sorority. I was yeah. obviously not a sorority girl. <laughs> Even though my Enneagram tells me I am. Okay. So yes, I'm Sony now. I I kind of wasn't sure. I know I want to get the A1 because duh. But mm-hmm. um, I have the A9 and then I have the A7 III. And I'm not sure if I'm going to get like the A9 II or just jump to like the A1. So I just got those two to start off with and see what I like, what I don't okay. like. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so let's see. I'm actually about to buy the 135. Um, I didn't think I needed it really. And I always struggled with like, do I need a Zoom? Some people say their Zooms never come off. And I'm just like, I'm a prime girl. I've been a prime girl since forever. So my yeah. natural setup is two cameras. 24 millimeter and 50 has been like my perfect editorial storytelling bit. Sometimes I think 35 is better because it has less distortion. Um, But I feel like the 50 is never going anywhere. It's kind of like what your eye sees. And then of course, I'm going to add the 135 for like reception ceremonies without having to have a whole 7200. But yeah, that's my setup. Cool. Yeah, I shoot on the A92 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been loving it so far. So if you're thinking about getting it, you totally should. I had the just the normal A9 for a while. Um, had a few issues with it technically, like just really? with, uh, just like the fact that maybe it's because it was it's a little older. I don't know, but That's was having issues with like flash and uh, the physical shutter button actually. So. The A9 II, I love it. Um, but I think that setup of like the A7 III and then like a little bit of a um, like upgraded camera, like that's what we shoot on right now. And I literally love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, Sony. Sony has my heart, you know, and the fact that you said that just like just solidifies all of these like good vibes that I had about you. Like, you know, <laughs> well, I'm definitely a newbie to this. So everyone's like, you need to get this lens, this lens or the Sony lens or the Sigma or the Tamron. And I was like, Oh, oh my gosh, God. but I'm obsessed. I, I have always thought that I had a really bad sense of like focus, but it was my camera. Like okay. my Sony never misses ever. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, do you feel like the, like what have been like the biggest differences for the switch? I know this wasn't like in our questions, but like, what do you feel like were some of those biggest things for you that you noticed? Okay. So for one, 
my Nikon D750 was on the struggle bus. It had to go. Okay, I've had it. I've replaced it a couple of times. It's only, it only can do what the year told it it could do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like what when it was time for like um, the grand exit or the grand entrance, I'm like, I was hoping and praying. I was like, please, please get one photo of my couple because I just don't know. And mm-hmm. I was like, maybe my eyes are bad. You know, I'm wearing glasses, but maybe they're worse than the glasses, you know? Okay. No. And so- I watched the Sony bros because you got to. They did the side-by-side comparison. Nikon was so dead last and like um, mm-hmm. shoots per second or per minute. What What is that? The, the, the Frames the per second? The what? Yes, frames. The F. Um, yeah, FPS, frames per second. Yes, yeah, see, I'm so technical. You can't touch you me. You are. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, so, you really are. <laughs> clearly. Um, an expert. So I think that when I saw that Nikon was dead last, and I also rented the Z6 too, because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to trade all my gear. I'm just going to get the Nikon mirrorless. Yeah. No. No. It okay. still missed shots. And I was like, it's me it's me like it's me <laughs> and so I don't know and then finally someone's like girl will you quit messing with Nikon and just switch over to Sony and I was like what do you mean and so the cult has opened my eyes that Sony is everything and more they everyone switched over from like Nikon and Canon or whatever and they're like mm-hmm. I sold everything I had for this and I was like everything you had like that's crazy I did yeah. it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I did okay. I, I walked out and you usually get buyer's remorse didn't have that. I my head was held high. Okay, yeah. I was like, I'm a new person. I feel like right. a pro. Yeah, um, and I mean, that's how I felt when I so I shot on Canon for like, mm-hmm. ooh, two years probably, two or three years, and then Charlie actually got a Sony because he wanted to help me um, shoot and stuff. And then I just kind of was seeing like he just started photography, just picked up a camera, and <laughs> had better focus than me. And I was like, cool um how did you do that sir and he was just like I think it's just the camera like it's just I'm able to track the eyes and whatever and I was like okay so then I tried it and was like okay this is like really nice and Charlie likes to say like it almost makes like the technical part of photography easy so then you can focus on the creative side so like Mm -hmm. I'm not worrying about catching focus on my subjects when they're spinning in circles and running because I'm trying to get like the creative shot where I get like my lens flare I get the angle that I want and I don't have to worry about focus anymore which is so nice so that was a good way to summarize that all up yeah yeah it's it's amazing um okay so let's talk about you mentioned you're 24 and you're 50 so we're going to transition into talking about editorial weddings because you were talking about how you shoot editorial weddings, which is sure. so cool. So um, <laughs> kind of walk me through how you first got started shooting those specific types of weddings. Whew. Okay, this has been such a long journey because I think over time I have brand shape-shifted a lot to avoid editorial weddings because I did not mm. want to be perceived as like a luxury photographer I wanted to be like authentic and down to earth and all these other things. And I'm like, you can't get that if you're shooting luxury brands or luxury clients. And so, but it was the style I was always drawn to. And I feel like editorial weddings was, it didn't have a name for a while. I I didn't know what it was, but I was like, I just want like bad and bougie brides, but like also authentic images. I want the celebration 
but I want the really cute statement fashion piece dresses, you know? Yeah. And so I just kept posting it, you know, in hopes that I would attract that client and then come to find out there's an entire niche industry dedicated to editorial weddings. No clue. Um, So at first I started off in the fine art industry. I was like, I am light and airy. Everybody will be so overexposed. They won't know what color they are. The trees will be so green. (laughs) And um, RIP those clients. I just want to, I'm so sorry. I never clicked those highlights, (laughs) but I did it. (laughs) So yeah. I, I made it out of that. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm out of here. Like, I'm so sick of my clients being overexposed. I'm better than this. So then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna be young, wild and free. I'm gonna let's bring it on these tan tones. We're gonna go through the sand dunes. I had basically an, an asthma attack on the sand dunes. I'm the most out of shape person. I cannot hike. I can't I can't I'm scared of bugs. I don't camp. And I was like, but you know what, I'm gonna do it. This is my brand. And I did it. And I was like, girl, you got to get out of these campings. You got to get away from these bugs. And I was just like, you know, that doesn't feel aligned with like, you know, who I am. Although I feel like I relate to all of these brands in some way. Right. Mm -hmm. So I did the deep dive work. I think I actually have like a worksheet on this, but it's like a deep dive. And you're just kind of diving into like, what do I love to photograph? What feels aligned to me? And like, what weddings do I really want to shoot? What do they have inside of those weddings? What do the receptions look like? What is the bride wearing? What brands, you know? And I'm not saying this is like that whole dream client bit because there, I feel like a lot of people can be your dream client and not fit a checklist, an exact yeah. checklist of what you want. Yeah. But overall, I'm seeking more of value and like what is important to them? What do they like versus like this person has to wear this brand and dress like this. And it just so happens that the way that I want them to feel and the things that value that I value, they value as well. And they also have really good taste in clothes. So (laughs) yeah, that was like a really long explanation. I don't know. What did that, what was the question? (laughs) 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 I was asking how you got started in editorial weddings, which that answered it perfectly. So with with booking higher end weddings then what advice would you give to someone that wants to start booking those types of weddings like how they can get into it too Mm. the first thing you need to ask yourself before you just say I'm going to shoot editorial weddings is do you really want to shoot editorial weddings like are you doing it because it's a trend right now because I guess it is a trend right now which is kind of cool I don't think I've ever been in a trending (laughs) (laughs) but I mean it's it's something that comes with a lot of hard work and dedication and a lot of portfolio um curation so clients that are more high-end and that are going to spend more than you know 7k five to seven K they're looking at your portfolio to see one is your editing even consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, where, what venues have you shot at? Do you have examples of this? And, I, and a lot of people say to me, they're like, oh, nobody ever looks at my blogs, girl. They do. Okay. I, you know, let me tell you, cause every one of my inquiries is like, I noticed that you shot this wedding in 2019. And I was just wondering about these images that I, I'm just like, girl, what are you doing back there? Like that was yeah. a whole new me, you know, yeah. but <laughs> they're doing the the work because there's so many photographers out there. And I think they are looking for someone that can provide them what they're looking, uh, looking for. So consistency in your portfolio and your editing, Um, I do think that some clients like a little bit of creativity and stuff like that, but clients that are spending a lot of money kind of want to know that they're going to get the images that they already see. And so 
did I know this starting off? No, I just kind of posted the photos that I liked and they all kind of sort of seemed to be the same ones, but, um, kind of like evaluate, you know, what's important to you. Like I said, like your values, do you really like these higher ticket weddings or do you just like the fact that you're making more money? Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you're around people that have a lot more money and status, do you know how to act around them? Do you need to watch pretty woman, you know, or do you just want to, <laughs> do you want to build an associate team that way you have more income coming in? So like figure that mm-hmm. out first, you know, mm-hmm. do you want to make more money or do you want to establish like a luxury brand? And then yeah. once you figure that part out, I think everything else is going to come naturally. Um, but yeah. Did that answer? I mean, yeah, no, it did. How, how would then you build your like portfolio to kind of, you know, gear yourself towards those types of people? Cause mm-hmm. you know, you really only attract the people that, you know, you're posting things that they can picture themselves in. So how would someone build their portfolio in that way specifically for those types of weddings? Oh, that's good. Yeah. So this is something I actually learned because my beautiful mother is Korean and they know all the things about how to look your best and feel your best. And my mom used to always tell me that like, you need to make people look thinner and you need to make people look better. And so I had to stand on chairs and tables to make sure her face was so slim and beautiful. But that Mm -hmm. taught me that um, just taking a photo from a low angle and giving people a double chin is not the moment. Okay. It's not the moment. Clients don't want to, at least higher ticket weddings, they don't want to see that. They're like, uh, double chin, off the list. They're not going to make yeah. you look beautiful. So more intention behind your images. And I think for me just studying, I've studied like fashion and magazines and just like for years, like Mary-Kate and Ashley were my icons growing up, right? Yeah. And so I've always paid attention to like what works for body types and style, what posing to like, if they have bigger shoulders, like posing them away from the camera, like telling them you have to be more of a director than just a documenter. Now, um, I have the, I have done the relatively just documentary photography and then, and that was, that was beautiful for people that were like, okay, like this is a setup. It's probably on an elopement or intimate wedding. They don't really care about how they look so much. So higher end weddings, they are taking into consideration, like, is this a flattering like photo of this person? Because once again, consistency, they're looking to see what you're putting out there. And then of course, putting out like what you want to get, like, of course, um, be more intentional with like, maybe your style shoots, your editing, make sure it's like, um, relatively timeless. I'm not saying like, you need to have like a very cold, clean editing style, but right. I do think that something that they, they, the, they love the term timeless. That is like their thing. Mm-hmm. I, I hear it so much that I want to make it a different word. I'm like, can we say something else? You know, but that's, that's just what they know. They're like, I'm a bride. I really want timeless images and I want to feel like this. So making sure that you're putting out those images of your brand words per se, or like what, what maybe you see, um, in the images you're trying to replicate. So I step one, maybe make a Pinterest board, right? And I know this is like, I don't know, this is 2011 when Pinterest came out, but creating um, a mood board of the images that are you're really drawn to. Like, do you like the editorial style or do you like more documentary style and just like shooting a lot of black and whites, Mm -hmm. you know, doing that, like even market research, if you want to know what people are looking for, what are they asking for? Or maybe there's a part underneath the editorial industry that hasn't even been tapped into yet that you could tap into. So there's a lot of things to do to get started. But the first thing I would say Make sure that this is something you want to do. And if you want to make more money, it'd probably be best you have an associate team. And Mm -hmm. then um, curating your portfolio. 
Um, even communicating in your captions, you know, the importance of this wedding, why it was important to them, even mentioning the name brands and stuff like that, that will attract brides that potentially have Jimmy right. Choo's or whatever. So just yeah. constantly just taking a step back, getting out of your head and being like, what do they want to see from me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really good. With your client experience, what what does the process look like? Like when a client books you, like reaches out, they're an inquiry all the way to when you shoot their wedding, like what steps do you take them through? I almost feel like with these higher end weddings, mm-hmm. you want to give them like just like a top tier experience as well, because not only yeah. are you capturing these timeless images that they really feel drawn to, but you are just, you know, like you're paying it six, seven, eight grand for a wedding. Like you better be available for them. Like on, uh, I don't know, on a dime, like you need to have mm-hmm. great client communication with them. So what does your process look like from inquiry to shooting their wedding basically? Oh my gosh, this is so good. I love, I love this question. Um, yeah. So the first thing would be, um, setting expectations ahead of time and meeting their needs before they ask like Mm -hmm. clients and myself included. Like when I, when I'm hiring a service for something, if I'm hiring a designer or like any contracting job, I want them to set expectations. Like, here's the things that I need from you. You will hear from me this time, even just like having your hours, you know, in your signature email or your honey book or whatever you use. And, um, just showing that, you know, this is a business, like I'm just not your best friend. I think you have to get out of that best friend photographer vibe and yeah. more into like, I'm a professional like business woman. This is what you're going to get. This is what to expect. I even send kind of like um, an email like, Hey, you know, I have two kids and things are crazy, but I will get to your email within at least 24 to 48 hours, you know? So already when they send the inquiry, they're like, okay, if I don't hear right away, she didn't die. You know, people, yeah. Like you think this is for us as photographers, we're like, no, duh. Like, of course you're going to answer the inquiry. That's not always the case. Um, when I was looking for my photographer, I probably sent out 30 emails and only got back four. Yeah. And no, I 100% agree with that. I've looked for photographers before and have seriously not heard back from people. I'm like, are you not getting this inquiry? Like I put, fill out your form. Like what is happening mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. Client experience, I don't think people understand is like the real luxury of this business. Like shooting a wedding, marketing and branding, that's great on your half. But when, if you want raving testimonials and you want people being like, you need to hire her because her calendar books, it's because of that experience. So touch points, connection points. I mean, I send emails all the time. I give them like a style guide for their engagements. If they're like, oh my gosh, what do I wear? Which... (laughs) I mean, most of my clients know what they want to wear, but in case they don't, here is a list of like my best dressed people and, um, bring it, you know, um, even a wedding guide. Um, I send a wedding guide to, of just kind of like my favorite vendors, like what to expect. Here's the process. If you need anything, like you can email me. And I do usually answer the email. If not same day, I only don't answer same day if it's on the weekend. So same day or next day. And I think communication mm-hmm. is actually the new luxury. So People are like, oh, well, I want to wait a day or two so I don't seem desperate. Girl, while no. you're not seeming desperate, someone else is booking the client. Like, <laughs> Exactly. For real. It's just, I feel like you get so in your head about this, and it's just not that deep. It's not that serious. Stop being yeah. emotionally invested into this. Sorry, I'm turning into a coach. Stop being emotionally <laughs> invested into this and realize that you are the CEO and the business owner, and that is all. When you close your laptop, that is the end of the day. Go on and live your life and wake up the next day and operate. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, for real. And I mean, think of how you would want to be treated as a client. Like I would want those touch points. I would want a fast email response. Like I would want an incredible experience and I don't, I don't want to book someone and then hear back from them. You know, I booked and then hear from them the day before the shoot and said, Hey, are you ready to go? Like you didn't give me any experience whatsoever. Like, so I, so yeah, I think that those pinpoints, like when you are giving someone a good experience, I think that's so huge for luxury weddings. And if you're like not focusing on those pinpoints and on client experience, I just think you're missing out on like an opportunity to get more bookings, you know, and more referrals. So yeah, I think that's basically, that's basically it for, I think what I wanted to talk about for editorial weddings. With film photography being so popular nowadays, I'm very excited to introduce you to our sponsor, PhotoVision. PhotoVision is your one-stop shop for all things film. They're a third-generation film lab who develops your film, scans your film rolls for you, and they also offer true photographic prints. They produce consistent and quality scans, and they even offer custom color correction for your scans, which is a really big deal. If you know me, I've been getting into film photography lately, and I just sent off two rolls of film to PhotoVision. They're so easy to work with, and you can literally tell that they know what they're doing when it comes to film. They even offer film education on their website, so it helps newbies like me better understand what the heck they're doing. PhotoVision is family-owned, which we love, and their customer service is amazing. They want everyone they work with to feel valued and supported, which honestly, that's how I felt when I've worked with them. PhotoVision is your film processing experts since 1968. That's a very long time, people, so they know what they're doing. And they have an exclusive offer for Oshoot listeners. Get one free roll of signature process and scans by going to photovisionprints.com and use the code Oshoot. That's Oshoot with no spaces at photovisionprints.com. You can also find the link in the description. Go check it out. But I did want to transition into Mm -hmm. talking about getting featured because I know that you have been featured quite a bit, even like listening to your intro. So, um, I guess how do you think getting featured has like influenced your booking, like featured on different magazines and different stuff like that? How do you think that's influenced your booking? Oh yeah, probably a lot. Okay. I have, I definitely have an opinion on this because I think it's either one or two ways. Sometimes brides don't know the companies that we want to get featured on really bad. And then some of them that do. So that's one thing I've noticed. Like when I've like stepped into more of the editorial weddings, they're like, I want to be featured. And then when I was doing, like I was getting featured, the other brides were like, I don't really, what is that? So Mm -hmm. that's one thing I've noticed is that maybe while you're building your portfolio and building your business and you want to get in this place of like, I really do want to shoot like higher end editorial weddings, those badges that you're getting that the clients probably don't care about the, the higher end clients will, um, it's kind of like that celeb status vibe. I think, um, a lot of my brides want to be featured on like brides. They want to be featured on, you know, carrots and cake. They want to be featured, um, an L right. And so when I shot, um, the Congress woman of Michigan, when I shot her wedding, um, uh, she excuse just, me? <laughs> we were just having a good old time. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like every time she says, excuse me, it kills me. <laughs> so, so yes, that happened. Okay. That was, listen, it was quarantine and I was questioning my worth and that made me just reevaluate my entire life. So yes. Um, 
I had a planner reach out to me and she was like, Hey, like I have this bride who just loves your style, really wants to book with you. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Let's, let's do a little interview. Congresswoman of Michigan. <laughs> what? Wow. And, um, and the crazy thing is like, I'm not allowed to like share those images, which is a bummer, but it was an amazing experience. It taught me so much about the actual luxury market versus mm-hmm. like what I thought it really was. And so I can even dive into that if you want, but Okay. The news channel. So I was featured on the news twice, I think. Mm-hmm. Once or twice. I think it was twice. I think that. So um, they asked me, they were like, hey, so I came across your name. And so that's like why, Cassidy, when you mentioned on my podcast, I totally agree that marketing is literally the thing that you will work your butt off for, but will always pay back because I don't even know how any of these people have found me. Okay. Yeah. Like they don't even, they don't even know how they found me. And I'm just like, the ABC News, like, who, what? And she was like, hey, I can't find your email. So I'm just using like your wedding contact form. We would like to actually interview you about how you've handled the pandemic as a wedding photographer. And I was like, like throwing up. Okay. I was like, oh my God, it's crazy. um, Yeah. So it was like really casual. She had her like her anchor voice on. So I didn't know when we were recording, when we were not. And I was just sweating. I wore a sweater. It was just not a good thing. It was not, it was not good. But Um, it, it was, it was so, I don't know, eye opening that these people were finding me organically. It was an organic thing. I actually have never reached out to anyone. I did reach out like, um, two bright lights. If you want to start getting featured two bright lights, you can submit like, you know, weddings to them or whatever, and they might feature it here and there. But like the knot has always reached out to me. Um, ABC news found me. And then of course, like, you know, the Congresswoman, I don't even know how she found me. So it's, Mm -hmm. I I know it's only because I have been marketing and setting my profile up that it just happens organically. And, um, I positioned my brand, I positioned my brand and I positioned my business as like the professional, I don't know, authority figure and photography. I don't know. There's like a lot of us in Detroit, let's be honest, but for some reason they were drawn to me. I don't know if it's because I was posting my children or if it was, I was like posting facts about me, but whatever I was doing, the personal brand bit, I know was working. And then of course, like the portfolio curation. So back to the other question, like how have I been featured? Um, I do think, I think it goes back to the, the thing I mentioned before, just like how to even set yourself as like the authority and just like having this portfolio of elevated imagery. Um, but if you are looking to get featured, and this is something that um, you think has impacted or will impact your bookings, I guess it does, because I think that the higher rank that I feel like that's what it is, a publication, like a higher end publication is kind of like that, that rank badge. It's like, okay, this person is very official. They've been featured here. They've been trusted by this brand. And I mean, let's be real when people, if you're going to hire like a social media manager per se, and they say our clients have been featured in Forbes, you're like, okay, I trust this person to do my social media managing. Cause I might get featured in Forbes. Maybe not the case, but having those featured badges will position you in a different place. And it will, I think it's kind of just like putting something out there in hopes that it will transcend your business in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And I think me and Cassidy are a lot alike where we just kind of jump into something and we're like, you know what, it could be great, or it could be awful. But let's just try. I say you need to do that with your marketing, and your positioning first off, and try to just submit stuff, submit stuff, see what the publication is already posting. Sometimes they even tell you, we're not looking for this kind of wedding. We're looking for this kind of wedding. Great. Go through your images, curate the, the, the gallery and see what you can find that fits that publication. 
it's just that simple. It's just like, do the research, get out there and take that messy action and see what comes forth because of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. And I did want to kind of dive into that point that you were talking about earlier, where you said that there's a whole other side of editorial weddings that you didn't even know about and it's not really everything that you would expect it to be so what are some of those things that like you expected but it didn't end up being true or vice versa things you didn't know oh god yeah you guys get all the secrets on this podcast man okay (laughs) so I had I just I don't know it's it's half and half like it's kind of like a production it kind of is And then no matter how many things like the bride is asking from you, you need to make sure that your horizon lines are straight. There's no trees coming out of people's heads. Do you know that I had to redo family pictures for two hours because there was a tree that I didn't realize was there? And she was like, nope, we're doing them over. I was like, okay, got it. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't just like shoot and show up. I have to direct and I have to be intentional and I have to notice my surroundings. And so that was a wake up call for me. But then also, you know, like being able to like round up the family pictures, taking authority instead of being like, oh, I don't like talking to people. Can someone round? No, I had to do it. I was like, auntie over here, sister over there, you over here. Great. Got it. Shot, shot, shot. Cool. Got it. And like moving on, just like taking charge because they expect that from you. They're like, we're paying you, you know, this much money to shoot this event we expect to be feel like feeling at ease about this. We want you to take mm-hmm. control. And so if you are not the kind of person that's ready for that, or you don't have like a 24 seven assistant that's willing to do that for you, then higher end editorial weddings <sighs> might not be it. I mean, that could be like more along the lines of celebrity weddings too. Cause I know I actually, in the beginning of, beginning of my career, so I, I actually did not share this story with like hardly anybody. So you guys get all the tips and juicy stories. Um, I shot a wedding for a girl that was featured on this TV show called My Teenage Wedding. And um, RIP, that was awful. That was, the, ugh, it was awful. There was like eight cameras there. They got married in a church about the size of this room, girl. Okay, yeah. my office. And I had to squeeze my way through they're asking her questions like, how dare your husband do this? It was a real- reality TV show, like teenage kids shouldn't get married. I don't know. How dare your husband put cake all over your dress? He's an awful person. She's like, oh my gosh, he's awful. And just dealing with the emotional strain of the day, I was like, wow, this is, one, reality TV is not real. Everything was staged. They like told her what to do. They told her to cry really hard. They told, like, it was insane. And just like behind the scenes, me trying to capture authentic images when there like were none. But um, why did I get on that tangent, Cassidy? I don't know. Uh... So anyway, not everything is as it seems. And being able... <laughs> me trying to figure out what what question I asked you because I'm so caught up in the fact that you shot this wedding for this reality TV show. <laughs> but oh no, the question was, um, it was for things that you wouldn't expect from um, higher end weddings, and I think that that pretty well answered like what I was wondering about it. You know, there's a lot more direction and like hands on and you know, it's not just showing up and getting pretty lighting and stuff. It's making sure that the clients look really good and like caring about that aspect of it, which I think everyone should do that. But there's more of a expectation when someone is paying like a lot more, like there's just a lot more expected of you, um, 
you know, when it comes to the actual shooting aspect of it. Oh yeah. And they don't like to be asked like, would you like to, they're like, no, tell me what to do. Like you're the professional. Like it's such a different, it's just different. And, um, and then you can't sweat, like you can't sweat, you can't get nervous. Like you have to like hold it together and just, it's a lot. I think it's taxing. I kind of want the great in between of both of them, but also it's taught me to be aware of all different like sorts of like lighting scenarios and like, you know, updating my OCF techniques and just like, I need to have all of this ready and available because they don't care. Like they're not going to move the venue because I say the lighting's not good. They paid for their venue. You know what I mean? If it's like in this weird temple or something and there's no light, you got to figure out how to make that work. And so there's a lot of less flexibility, a lot more expectations But at the same time, you know, it's just, I don't know, I I guess because in the beginning, I was like framing my work for this, I feel like my personality does pretty well with it, I kind of enjoy a challenge, I kind of like the the ability to be like, you know what, we're gonna make some really cool imagery, I have no, I have no idea how, but we're gonna do it. And I have to like pump myself up, make sure like I'm good to go on all like the direction I need to give them in case things are awkward. It's just having like backup scenarios for all possible things, which I feel like we already do on a wedding day anyway, but like times 10. <laughs> Let's transition to talking a little bit about Instagram then, um, because you do have like quite a presence on Instagram and like quite a following. Um, so with Instagram, what advice would you give to a photographer who wants to use Instagram to market their business, whether it's for higher end weddings or just like in general, like a photographer who wants to use Instagram for marketing, what advice would you give them? Some advice I would give somebody that's like, okay, I'm a photographer. How do I use Instagram as a tool? First thing I would say, and I actually did an episode of this on mine is like, stop using Instagram as a consumer and start reframing the mindset of a creator, which once you get to the place like where Cassidy is, she's probably like, ah, I do check a DM. I don't like, you know, I'm cross marketing. I'm not like spending hours going through Instagram and just comparing myself. So that is like the biggest thing. A lot of photographers get stuck in this phase of their Instagram marketing because they're like, well, what's the point? What's the use? I just started. I only have 1K followers. That's not enough. I have 500. And to be honest with you, I actually, when the Metro Times published that article, I was no more than three to 5k followers, like for the record. And, um, I just had my, my, my grid position. So I definitely say like having more of a strategy and like, of course, show what you want to like post what you want to get back, of course. But that means you also have to create those images with the weddings that you have now for the weddings that you want to get in the future. And so a lot of people, like I said, mentally get stuck. Like, I, I want to get here, but I can't. Mm, actually, you can. And even if you're not booking weddings yet and you haven't put yourself out there and you haven't given yourself, like, given yourself, I don't know, the, the room to, like, believe in yourself or you haven't, like, made the jump, you can still practice um, with, I don't know, like if you have editorial shoes that you like, or maybe you want to buy some, or maybe you want to like rent some from a friend and just like learn how to style, learn how to flat lay style or learn how to pose. Honestly, I learned everything in my business because my sister was like so socially awkward. And like, that was my project. I was like, I'm going to make you 
pretty woman. Like <laughs> I'm going to make, I'm going to teach you how to smile. I'm going to teach you how to pose. And let me tell you something. If someone puts a camera in front of this girl, she can get 30 poses in 20 seconds because I have, <laughs> she's a star. She's a star. And so I've learned that, okay, I'm just going to practice on my family. And you know, that will let me know like taking responsibility, first of all, but like that will let me know how good at my direction and posing is because people stand there. If they're not professional, like influencer, they're just going to stand there and be like, and you're looking at them, looking at you. And no, like that's, (laughs) that's not how it's going to work. Build that portfolio, learn how to pose, learn how to make people comfortable and start adding those things to your portfolio. Do you have a friend that's engaged? Do you have a friend that has a boyfriend? Take them out. Like we all used to do it. Like go to like some random park and get some photos and create that content for your Instagram. So people know this person's a photographer versus that post that's been on your page for like three years. That was like of some baby shoes and you don't even like baby photography. You know what I mean? Be like strategic about every single thing that you're putting on your Instagram. Yeah, that's really, really good. And when it comes to your portfolio, like you have to like, kind of like what you're saying with marketing, like what you put into your portfolio is what you get out of it. You're not going to build up your portfolio and regret doing that. Like literally you're not going to regret spending time getting more experience with couples or getting more experience with, I don't know, like a certain dress brand or whatever it is. Like that's not something that you regret. Like it does help you book clients in the future, whether that's a client's going to picture themselves in those photos or, they're going to look at that photo and be like, that's what I want. And that's what I I'm trying to achieve. And she's done that before. And so I like, I want to book her because I'm seeing what my vision in her work right in front of me. Like, why wouldn't I book her, you know? Right. And I feel like what you were saying before that personal brand, or was that on my podcast? I don't even know. <laughs> Lines blurred, but um, you know, having the images and the talent is great. Right. But if you just sprinkle in a little bit of yourself and they feel that connection with you, like even on my website now, I think one of my brides actually hired me because I said that I am a mom of two staking, chasing my sticky children. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm a mom too. And I had to hire you because you get it. And I was like, wow, you invested in me because I said I had two sticky children. And I thought that I was like going to remove it. Like I was, gonna, I was like, this is so lame. Like why, why am I even, why, why am I so not funny? You know? And, um, you know, my bride was like, she made that connection and that set me apart from probably the other photographers that weren't moms, you know, with my portfolio. Exactly. Like the only thing that differentiates you guys from supposedly the saturated market is you, you are the magic. You are the magic in the equation. What can you put out there? That isn't what everybody else is putting out there, you know, and that could be your marketing technique. I feel like this whole episode was about marketing yourself as like an elevated photographer. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. And since you, you say that if there's like one marketing piece of advice that you could give someone listening, like the, the one thing, the one secret sauce, what would you say it is for you? Mm, You know what? Oh my gosh. Well, one, hold on. Um, okay. I, I would say just get out there and just take the messy action. Like, I don't want to be Nike, but just do it just do it. And you and and just create the things you want to create. (laughs) And you know, um, in terms of marketing, don't be afraid to like, say something and show up. The only reason why me and you even exist in our in our position in life right now is because we got out there and we did it when we were 
nothing nobodies. <laughs> and now, you know, we can educate and tell everybody else what we've done. And, and honestly, that answer is mostly taking the messy action, not being afraid of who said what to who, and just marketing, being like, hey, I'm a photographer, I have a business, this is I don't know. This is what I do. You know, it's just that simple. Just don't be afraid to believe in yourself. I have to say that's the biggest thing is mindset. Like marketing, everyone's like, oh, how do I do marketing? And they realize there's actually mindset stuff. They're like, oh, actually, it just didn't believe in myself. Now I can do the marketing. It all starts with your mind. So get out of your mind. Use your physical body to get out there, shoot a photo or two and get to work. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's so good. And I'm, I think that's a really good note to leave everyone on. It's just like, it starts with yourself. Like you can overthink marketing and overthink shooting, but like there's really like a mental obstacle sometimes that you have to get through before you're just like, you know, before you can really, really truly focus on marketing. It's like a mental obstacle first. So yeah, that's really good. Um, I do want to say thank you, Alora, so much for coming on this podcast. Go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you and follow you before we peace out. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Um, I'm so honored to be here on the Oh Shoot Peeps. Wait, what are your people's name? Do you have like a, a groupie name? I don't have a oh, groupie shooters. name. <laughs> oh, shooters. I have no idea. That's uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave that up to them. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So I have a podcast. It's called the Hello CEO podcast. If you're looking for all things like motivation, CEO vibes, um, behind the scenes of how I run my business. I even do rants every once in a while, like behind the biz where I talk about my take on, I don't know, social media and how sometimes it can be toxic. Um, but yeah, and then I have a coaching program called the wedding CEO, which basically takes you from literally A to Z from, you know, the mindset stuff, the branding, the marketing, the client experience. And then the last but not least the outsourcing, because we were not meant to hustle our entire life. So I will give you the link to those. I'm sure they'll be in the show notes or just find me on my website, whatever. Connect with me. And um, yeah, thanks again for having me. This was so much fun. Of course. And listeners, don't forget to head on over to photovisionprints.com to claim your free roll of their signature process and scan service using the code OSHU. If you're also looking to continue your photography education further, be sure to check out their full library of photography tips. Hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity The wisdom rushing in So much clearer